When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Buckle up. PHNX Cardinals, Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable, producer Emma on the ones and twos. Big show on deck for you guys. Welcome, of course, to the podcast. It's presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to like the button, subscribe where you get your podcast. Leave that five-star review. It's a five-star show today. I mean, you can't get around it. The Arizona Cardinals' new leader took the podium today, Johnny Venerable, and he said some very, very Interesting things, well-thought-out answers. What stood out to you, JV, about JG, Jonathan Gannon? Well, what stood out to me was the breaking news we just got during the intro that I'm not sure even my partner in crime knows, and and uh, that is Vance Joseph has been told by the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon, that he has been let go. Vance Joseph has been let go per Josina Anderson. Breaking news, the start of this program. We love breaking news here. Vance Joseph no longer, Bo Brock, the defensive coordinator on staff, whatever you want to call it, for the Arizona Cardinals, fully guaranteed contract. But as we've seen, he's going to have many, many suitors. But that that is my initial reaction is tremendous press conference, tremendous day saying goodbye to Vance Joseph, unfortunately, is a part of it. Was not expecting this, but after Jonathan Gannon's press conference, he was expected to meet with several of the remaining coaches from Cliff Kingsbury's staff, including Vance Joseph. Gannon told us that post-press conference he was going to meet with them and see if they had anything, any common ground as far as how they called the defense, and apparently not. Apparently there was no common ground there between VJ and Gannon, and he exits stage left. We'll see. I saw today Jeff Rogers was in the facility as well, the special teams coach. We'll wait to kind of see what his fate is. As far as Jonathan Gannon's coaching staff going forward, we've been informed uh, via Tom Pelissaro, Ian Rappaport, and several other multiple sources that the Arizona Cardinals have already reached out to three. One, uh, I guess, familiar name that we've been hearing this entire process with Gannon uh, that would be tied to the offensive coordinator position. But Vance Joseph, as you said, according to Josina Anderson, is no longer the Arizona Cardinals defensive coordinator and they will move forward without him. That's uh, that's that's pretty interesting. That that's interesting. That, but you said he was talking to him thirty minutes afterwards, and he's making quick work because they're behind the eight ball as far as developing this staff, and they had to make moves quickly. Uh, Josina Anderson reported it while you were at the press conference, basically saying, "Yeah, John Jonathan Gannon's going to do his presser, and then he's going to have thirty minute increment meetings with everybody else on staff to let them know their fate." 
That doesn't bode well. You got 30 minutes to make your case or be told that you're staying or going. Not a good sign. And I think we all kind of took that for Vance. The minute Jonathan Gannon was named the head coach, there was rumors Luana Rumo would be retained. He had a relationship with Vance. Of course, Mike Kafka, minimal defensive contacts. We assume Vance will be retained. Gannon was the wild card. Like, shit, man, I got my own defensive staff. And you've lost a lot of your position coaches. Matt Burke, gone. They lost his linebacker coach. Both defensive back coaches, gone. So I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say Vance would probably not shock to see this coming, but that doesn't make it none the more shocking, especially when you consider like he's in somewhat demand. He's going to meet with Philadelphia, right? He's going to meet with Denver, which is crazy because he was the head coach there. But I mean, he's going to get his money. Good for him. Vance Joseph, we'll give him his flowers. Consummate pro and professional. I didn't love, we didn't love everything he did, especially with young players. I think he stunned the growth of, of players like Byron Murphy and Isaiah Simmons. But he was a grown-up, and he did a lot of good for this franchise, specifically in the first half of 2021. His defense, I think, probably was underrated until it wasn't. It got a little overrated at the tail end of 2022. But Vance Joseph is a good man, good football man. He's going to be in the NFL mm -hmm. for a long time. Thankfully, he's going to you know, financially be taken care of because of the Bidwells. So um, that was a period of, of time for the Arizona Cardinals where they had to go out and convince Vance Joseph to come here and coach with Cliff Kingsbury. And so I'm sure that's not lost on Michael Bidwell. But this is John Gannon's show. If you didn't yeah. know already, he made it clear today. Like, his defense is going to be vastly different uh, contextually and schematically than what Vance Joseph did. There just wasn't a place for him, Bo. Yeah, there, there wasn't. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it seemed like it felt like it was inevitable. And, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to poke at this thing too much, but I, it was too slow of a, of a death execution in my I agree opinion. With that. I mean, I don't yeah. know why... It was so drawn out, you know, they, they wanted to hold and keep Vance Joseph as a placeholder until they got a head coach and then figured out if they wanted to keep VJ. Like, you, you got rid of Cliff, you got rid of Kime. It just seemed like this was a full reset. Why did they kind of uh, string him along? Why did they let him? I mean, it just felt like they give him false hope. To me, that's just a bad look on the organization with somebody, despite the results, very respected around the league. As he said, he's going to get a couple opportunities, uh, maybe switch places with Jonathan Gannon, interview with Philadelphia. Uh, he'd been tied to the place where he was the head coach in Denver. Uh, if, if that job doesn't go to Rex Ryan, which is laughable, if it goes to Ryan, you know, could VJ return to, to Denver as a DC? Uh, yeah, I just... It's it's one of those things. It's like what what took so long, and not and that's not an indictment on Vance because you look at 2021, his defense was very very good. I think they were what seventh in defensive DVOA. Uh, they they were a team that was uh, the, you know the Cardinals as far as the takeaway game, the Arizona Cardinals offensive and defensively, they were they were very impressive when they were winning big time games. I just think the 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 strung out process of Vance is the leader to get this job to we fast forward to after Valentine's Day, you're not being retained. That's kind of horseshit. I, I think that the, the wise move would be, as Michael Bidwell so eloquently put it today, Bo, to you and the rest of the media, this was an in-demand job. Well, if it's an in-demand job, you got to be confident to let your ex go out and start dating other people. Vance Joseph, go out in the dating pool. We let Cliff Kingsbury go two months ago. It's time for or 30 days ago or whatever it was. It's time for you to go do the same thing because as bad as Cliff was this year, Vance was also not equally right. bad, but he didn't deserve to be the defensive coordinator again.
Uh, that was my biggest point of contention with Buda Baker, members of the local media. He's a great guy. He's a great human being. And in the right scenario, he can succeed. They were terrible. They were egregious defensively this year. And he has a lot of top picks that have been under his tutelage and development since he became the DC, not getting it done. That's on Vance Joseph. So Michael Bidwell has, I think, checked a lot of boxes this offseason. He looks good in what he's doing with this franchise. We're going to get into that, I'm sure. But you should have had confidence in your process to say, Cliff, you're gone. Kime, you're gone. Vance, we respect you. Go find opportunities elsewhere. Not let's hold him back. But I, I'm hopeful that he can land one of these D.C. jobs or at the very least a position job because I think you know he deserves that. But, man, February 16th, and you're just now letting him know his fate, that's brutal. It's tough. It's it's a tough look, uh, and it, it doesn't damper or dampen this this proud day for the Arizona, no. Arizona Cardinals organization. I think it, people are excited that they can move on. I think we're just saying that this could have happened a long time ago, even with the new rules in place. Even the you know what yeah. Monty Austinfort laid out was why it took so long to talk to Jonathan Gannon because Monty Austinfort was hired the week after Black Monday. That was the beginning of the. That was after the NFL playoffs had started. So Monty Austinfort trying to play catch up couldn't get Jonathan Gannon on his schedule, and then had to wait. Basically, couldn't do a sec a first interview during Super Bowl week. Couldn't get you know on the same schedule with Jonathan Gannon. So it took this long to do it. But it's still you know I think I think you know you were just having Vance Joseph in the building for just an oh shit uh, you know reason, right? I mean it's it's only like. It was a very, it was a safety net, right? An ultimate, you know, pull, you know, break glass uh, if needed, if necessary, reason for keeping VJ and keeping him away from interviewing for DC jobs. Break cla- glass in case of emergency. Exactly. Have some self-confidence in your process. Right, um, right, right. We've, we've gone from co-GMs and Vance Joseph too. <laughs> None of those people have any of these jobs. Uh, and Quentin Harris, Adrian Wilson are still employed by the Cardinals, by the way, but they are not co-GMs. They're not assistant GMs. They're in their executive roles still. Let's get to some of these super chats. K Gordon 08, let's fucking go. $1.99. I'm assuming that's with Vance Joseph or it's with Jonathan Gannon. Listen, I don't think Vance Joseph should have been retained. So I'm not, I don't like to grave dance on people when they get fired, but I'd be, I'd be lying to you. If you watch this podcast for the last, you know, 30 plus days, God bless you. I didn't think he should be back. You got to go new messaging, head coach, GM, Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator across the board. You can't, you can't retain Vance Joseph. Dylan Richards, 499. Dylan, friend of the program. Bo Johnny, who would have never thought a press conference would change my opinion so much. Uh, this guy killed it. Totally changed my mind. I'm stoked. Dylan, you are one of many. And again, doesn't mean he's going to win games. He could be terrible. We don't know that. But it's just a staunch different from Cliff Kingsbury, who I think, to Bo's point, every time you meet with him, kind of gave the same stock answer. This guy, I me mean, sounds like every successful football coach I've ever heard. He's got mm-hmm. a philosophy on how to win, and he he cares about the optics, and he cares about building a team and the culture around them. So, I mean, it just it, it's a it's a crazy chaotic day here in the valley, but in the best possible way. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you, you had Jonathan Gannon with uh, some really really solid answers. You, you know, he talked about the his vision for this Arizona Cardinals team. And I thought that that was one that should get you very, very excited about what he wants to do, how they're going to play football. They're going to be adaptable. They're going to be violent. They're going to be explosive and smart. 
Uh, that just gets that doesn't that make you want to turn around, Johnny, and, and run through that fake brick wall that you have set up for your no, this is podcast. Brick. I set? laid this hand, I laid this hand, my hand, my hand. <laughs> whatever, whatever materials you use for your wall, you wanted to run through it when you heard that. That you want adaptable, violent, explosive. You can't Look. see the crease, can you? No, you can't. <laughs> when, when Jonathan Gannon, when you watched his Philadelphia Eagles defense play, violent, explosive were two adjectives I would use. And that's what got yes. me excited about this hire to, to begin with. I mean, they were explosive. Absolutely, they were violent. And they got after quarterbacks at almost a near historic rate, 70 sacks, third most in NFL history, 99 over the two seasons. John Gannon was the DC there. Uh, yeah, you love to hear that. Yeah. Uh, Eric Smith in the chat, $2 super chat. Thank you so much, Eric. Bo, is that a Neil Lomax poster to your left? You bet yeah. it is. Neil Lomax, mm -hmm. rep in the Valley, all the way back to the mid to late 90s. Absolutely. Uh, and the 80s as well. Uh, let's get to some of these comments here because I think most people are on the same page. Gannon, impressive. Vance Joseph, not impressive. And uh, now we're looking at maybe Jean-Paul Edward D. Dales, friend of the program. Mike Zimmer, better DC. Uh, that's a name that we haven't heard yet in terms of a formal interview request, but our own Howard Balzer broke two days ago. The Cardinals are going to have interest. In Mike Zimmer, when didn't you kind of catch a glimpse of a smile when uh, old Jonathan Gannon brought up his mentor in Mike Zimmer? It's like, do we got Mike on speed dial? Denver <laughs> Broncos are uh, laughably hiring Rex Ryan potentially, or he's the front runner there. I think this is the landing spot for Mike Zimmer if he does come back to the NFL. A lot of these other jobs, it's funny. We bitch and moan and complain about all these quality DCs getting snatched up. And then we fast forward, didn't even know Mike Zimmer was an option. You pair Mike Zimmer with Jonathan Gannon, and we're hitting the ground running, Bo. Yeah, you've got, you know, Gannon, who's going to be 40. You've got Zimmer, who from 20, what, 2000 to 2021, he was either a defensive coordinator or he was a head coach in the NFL. I mean, two decades worth of experience in, in big-time, uh, big-boy league in, in play calling, and that has to excite you to bring that experience. You know, I know he's a year removed. Uh, from coaching the Vikings and, and basically kind of took this season off for the most part. Uh, but he's a guy that, you know, helped put together and call a bunch of really, really solid defenses over his time with Dallas, with uh, Cincinnati and with Minnesota. So that does excite you. Like the idea, like I think it'd be a perfect mix if he goes with Zimmer, maybe as the DC, if he goes that way, great. But if he goes with Rollis and then Zimmer on the staff, you know, Nick Rollis, the linebacker coach, who's 29 years old for Philadelphia. I mean, I like that good mix of, of young uh, concepts and, and mixing them with the old uh, steady concepts that Zimmer's been known to, to call. Let's jump into the conversation surrounding the press conference today, Bo. You were there live in person, my man, Bo Brock, asking the best questions. I'm, I'm biased here. You know, I heard all the national media, but then I heard my dear, dear friend, Bo Brock, front row, I presume, getting the skinny on Jonathan Gannon. And to, to the people in the chat, I echo this. I mean, it was one of the most impressive press conferences I've seen during my time here in the Valley. Um, and again, press conferences can only mean so much. But you go back to Nick Sirianni's, who was a little bit dicey. Uh, Jim Tom Sula once upon a time, Adam Gase. Uh, the, the guys couldn't command the locker room from day one, and it was evident in their coaching style. And now you fast forward to a guy who I think has the immediate buy-in, even of his critics. And, you, and he can stay and do all the right things, but they got to win games at the end of the day. But, Bo, I mean, what was the or like at the facility today, a team that had been without hope for some time? 
had been without a head coach for 36 plus days, now giving the keys to the castle. I mean, goodness, they trotted out like all the members of the entire department, the the cards staff and, and roster of sorts, just to walk him in to welcome him. There was there was banners. I mean, it was unlike anything I've ever seen for a new head coach. Yeah, it was. They had kind of removed all stops and, you know, something that seemed just from an outsider's perspective, just unplanned, unorganized, and didn't seem like it was almost felt like it was rudderless, this coaching search. And then you see the guy that they they were able to reel in with their wide net and Jonathan Gannon, and he's as prepared as they come. I mean, this was a guy that was less than 24 hours off the worst loss of his career in Super Bowl 57, where Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid rallied past his defense, his Eagles defense in the second half. And he he was able to just kind of pick himself up by the bootstraps and rely on what he prepared for, you know, a couple months before, years before this opportunity, because he didn't want it to, to slip through his grasp. You know, when he, he talked about when he had lost or when they won the conference championship game and he was asked on the field about, you know, he's staying in Philly and he was content to be the Philadelphia Eagles uh, defensive coordinator going forward, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, but that was because the Houston Texans had pretty much counted him out on the job and he didn't have any other prospects for that, mo- that the, for the most part. So he didn't think that this was necessarily was going to come to to fruition, but it did. And he was ready to to nail it down. You know, he, he answered my question that he said, this is a great opportunity that I wasn't going to let slip through my fingertips. Basically, I'm paraphrasing there, but he saw it as a good fit and he didn't want to kind of not take advantage of, of him being the hot coordinator at that time. So for the Arizona Cardinals to kind of, after all of this, after 36 days and having to, you know, kind of remain mum, not answer all the public opinion that were kind of uh, negative about it and kind of stay steadfast with this. And Monty Osenfort talked to the guy finally that he had identified last summer um, you know, it was, it was kind of impressive. And for him to show up and put forth the performance and kind of put a, take us to school as far as running press conferences, I, I think you have to be excited about it. I mean, this is, this is not something we're used to, at least the last two coaching cycles for the Arizona Cardinals. You're like, okay, here we go. This is that vicious circle that's, that's going to continue with the Arizona Cardinals where they're going to, you know, every three, four years, they're going to have to go find the new hot candidate and hire them or see who wants to take the job not the top candidates of the of the coaching carousel, but they got themselves, I think, a guy in Jonathan Gannon who's going to be prepared and he's going to be able to rally this team and, and, and work together with, with every single level of this organization to, to give them the best chance to win. Dylan Richards, $1.99 Super Chat, one inexperienced play caller, Petsing is an unknown, and we're going to talk about the potential yeah. coordinators for this job, including Drew Petzing, who's the uh, quarterback coach for the Cleveland Browns. But, I mean, uh, you can't win games in the offseason, but you can damn near get pretty close. And I thought it was a winning day for the Cardinals in part because of the bond that is going to be conceived between Kyler Murray and Jonathan Gannon. And, I, I you know, I'm not going to name names, but it felt like there was a narrative from some media nationally, maybe locally, that this new head coach, whomever it would be, would would condemn Kyler Murray. Would would come out and try to be a little bit of a villain to Kyler Murray to like kick him into shape. You got to buy into what I'm saying, and I'm, I'm, the latter of that may be true. But I could sense there was some disappointment with a few minorities on on Twitter that Gannon was so staunchly committed. And to that, I say that's that's tough luck, man, because right. he did the right thing. Uh, right. He, he's hitching his wagon to what he called an elite franchise quarterback. What do you want him to say? 
He's somebody that's played against him, that's coordinated against him, has seen this guy be a top five, top 10 quarterback when he's healthy. He came here in part because of Kyler Murray. So I, I, I put this out on Twitter, Bowl. I'm buying all the Kyler Murray stock that people are selling. You got mm-hmm. Kyler Murray front row embracing Jonathan Gannon multiple times over the last 48 hours, looking fantastic, as we talked about detailed in our show yesterday. I mean, this, this is a partnership. He's the head coach. He's the franchise quarterback, and that's what you want. You don't want a dictatorship. You don't want Kyler Murray being able to you know, enable bad habits. You want them making each other better, and that's what I see Jonathan Gannon doing because he, he, he had every opportunity – during the hiring process, if you got the job, come up there and just say, I treat all everybody 53-man roster differently. Right. But he made a point to talk about his offensive philosophy as a defensive guy saying, we're building around number one. And right. that's great yeah. to see. Let, let's get to some of those sound bites because I think it's important because, he, I mean, he gives even more reasons to be excited about you know how he views Kyler Murray. It doesn't feel like it was something that he needed to be persuaded into, right? It wasn't like him going, he told me he hadn't talked to Jalen Hurts about Kyler Murray. This was this was John Gannon game planning for Kyler Murray back in week five and realizing that this is a special player. Let's just take a, t- let's listen to John Gannon talk about the Cardinals franchise quarterback. Yeah, so obviously played against Kyler this year and uh, it was a unique game plan to put together because of his skill set. And um you know, I, I use the term, uh, he's a problem to defend uh, because what he can do. He's a legit problem for defenses. And, um, you know, he has a very unique skill set. And uh, that's what I'm looking forward to working with him and showing him, hey, this is how defenses are going to try to stop you. Here's what you need to be ready for. And these are the things that we're going to do with him that's going to help him move all the way up and down the field and score a bunch of points and be explosive and protect the football. So uh, with the offseason, we'll put together a plan. I like some people that are here already, but just like I said with Monty, when we disagreed about something in the interview, we did not disagree on is we're going to do everything that we can to put the best product on the field. And how the, all the ways that you can do that, all the different times in the year that you can do that with free agency, with draft, with signing free agents, with during training camp, uh, with practice squad, week one to week three looks a little bit different. We're gonna turn over all those stones because that's that's the main goal is is put the best thing that we can out on the field. I'm uh, I'm waiting for my Academy Award that that cinematography where you go where you pan from Jonathan Gannon to Kyler Murray sitting front row. No, that was Blair Witch. That looked like Blair Witch <laughs> camera work. Stoically watching his new head coach just just t- say nice thing after nice thing about him how he's a problem to game plan and you just love to see it. And I saw in the chat you guys are killing it today uh, just kind of asking about, you know, what was Kyler's reaction? He was pretty stoic the entire time as he as he always is. You don't get much of a reaction from Kyler Murray. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the most you are going to get from him. And I'm, I'm sure that's what he wants uh, from Hector there. Thanks for the two dollar super chat. What was Kyler Murray's reaction? So, but that was pretty much it the entire time. Let's uh, let's let's listen more to Jonathan Gannon talk about Kyler Murray and how he kind of wants to build around his QB one. Yeah, that's step one. We're we're starting to look at some different candidates and uh, looking at interviewing some people here in the next 48 hours. And uh, but I have a very specific vision of how I want to play on offense 
And the person that comes in here to run the offense is going to understand that everything that we do will be structured around the quarterback position to maximize his skill set. And we have an elite one. We also have some elite players at different positions already on the roster that I'm very excited to work with. And uh, that's what we're going to do. So, but uh, just as an overall general philosophy of being adaptable, uh, we're going to maximize Kyler's skill set. We're going to be adaptable. We're going to generate explosives. We're going to protect the football and be situationally smart. And we know that when you hear me talk about explosives and takeaways, we know those are winning stats. And that's all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. That's what we will preach, and that's what we're going to practice, and that's what the players will be educated on, and that's how we're going to play. And um, so if you do those things, you'll be in the playoffs. Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, you do those things, you're going to be in the playoffs, right? That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty blunt, right? Follow my steps, we're going to the postseason. And I think people who roll their eyes to that, it's what Brian Dable did this year with a shit roster and with the Giants and Daniel Jones. It, it, they did all the cliche stuff, cleaned up their roster. They didn't make mistakes. They didn't beat themselves. They didn't turn the ball over. They put players in the best position to succeed. Danny Dimes, right? Best career year, even though he only had six touchdown passes from our guy, Mike Kafka, made the playoffs, right? Yeah. And I think they are the template for the Cardinals, at least in 2023. They're going to clean up because the Cardinals, we talked about it at nauseum going into last year. So talented, loaded roster. How can this go wrong? Even with Kings, Kingsbury and Vance's deficiencies, you know, on both sides of the ball, they're just too good until yeah. they weren't. Because we've seen up close and personal with a talented roster, you can get embarrassed. You can get embarrassed by Kansas City. You can get embarrassed in your own division by Geno Smith and a rebuilding Seattle team and get swept by San Francisco. And so I, I think anybody who's rolling their eyes at the messaging of John Gannon today, Jonathan Gannon, it's like, hey, it worked for New York. Let's get back to basics here. Let's get team buy-in because we didn't have that. We had segmented parks and people on an island and anybody pushing back today on the Vance Joseph departure, you had to avoid that. And yeah. that was inevitably what was on deck, in my opinion, had you kept VJ around. And I want to pose this question to you, Bo, because I was in a text thread earlier today and I thought this was interesting. A lot of offensive guys at this presser, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe one or two defensive guys, no Buda Baker. And we know Buda Baker, staunch supporter of Vance Joseph. Do you read anything into that? Or do you feel like maybe it's just, maybe he's not in town, maybe he couldn't make it. But I thought that was interesting. We got everybody else on the mm -hmm. offensive side, even soon to be free agents. Kelvin Beach and Will Anderson are right. there, standing ovation. The, the, the captain, the guy, Monty Austin Ford, broke down in his opening press conference not in attendance today. What do you make of that? Yeah, it was interesting. It was mostly offensive guys, and I don't know if it was just because they were working out there today because you did see, like, uh, as soon after the press conference, Zach Ertz went to the to the training facility that's immediately through the doors and was working out already. Uh, maybe it was the offense's day to kind of work out. The only person I saw really from the defensive side of the football was a linebacker they picked up from the Texans midseason, uh, Geiger Hill. Um, but other than that, I think you, you said you saw on Twitter Byron Murphy was there. I didn't I didn't get a glimpse of Murph, but he might have been there. Um, it, it, I don't know. It was just it was littered with with offensive guys. I'm not buying into Buda Baker being that upset. I mean, he knew somebody a change was coming and it was likely not going to be Vance Joseph. He, he caught up with Kay Adams and then said that he was looking forward to a new head coach. So, no, I don't no. think that I don't think that he was he was not that was something that was 
he wasn't there for a reason. I mean, Buddha's was was paid a couple seasons ago. I don't see anything that would keep him away from the organization. My guess is he probably just had a scheduling conflict. But I'm I can be naive to some of that stuff. But I, I just don't see it as as something that he was he was he was kind of holding out and not being there to support his new coach. But uh, let's take a look at some of that. these super chats as well. Uh, let's go with Jason Krell, $1.99 super chat. Hey, guys, this is night and day compared to Cliff. I completely agree with that. I was thinking about it. I think I was there for the Bruce Arians press conference. I was there for the Steve Wilkes press conference. I was there for the uh, for the Cliff Kingsbury press conference. And this was this might have been like B.A. obviously had the comic relief to it. He's 60 and sexy. No risk it. No biscuit. All the B.A. isms that we all became to, to know and love. Uh, and, and he won that. But this as far as just impressing you with having a plan and, and, and really trying to create an organization along with his new general manager that is a cohesive unit from top to bottom and that guys are on the same page uh, and no matter what their role is within the organization and collaborating together and working in concert like that impressed me the most. Uh, so it, it was, it was, a, it was, it was absolutely night and day. Uh, John Gannon said more, you know, in a couple of his answers than we got from cliff all season long. Let's get to the $2 super chat Price is right. Kind of deal here. John Paul one cent more than our guy, Jason, keep up the good work, Johnny and Bo. Thank you so much. You guys make this possible. And uh, we're grateful for everybody that tunes in, listens to this podcast, and listens and views this podcast. Just hit a like, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think this was at a slam-dunk press conference for, for a guy like Gannon. And for him to come out and say the things that he did about Kyler Murray and, and speak the language of Michael Bidwell and Monty Austinfort, and that's, that's what Bidwell said today was like what Gannon told him and his plan to get Kyler Murray back on track that got them on board with John Gannon in the short amount of time. So, you know, that's what we've been talking about all offseason long, about what the next coach has to be. And his top priority, not only is getting the Cardinals back on track, but getting Kyler Murray back on track. Arizona Animal, love this comment. Jonathan Gannon will get under the skin of Shanahan, McVay, and Carroll. And that was always my <laughs> argument against sure. Mike Kafka. It's like, yeah. who's ready to go to war in this division, right? They needed a presence like this to not get pushed around. I mean, the outings by the Arizona Cardinals and the NFC West over the last calendar year, and I include that LA Rams playoff loss and the week 18 loss at Seattle, or excuse me, home against Seattle that cost them the NFC title, NFC West title two years ago. It has been an embarrassment. It has been a unmitigated disaster. You're getting undressed by three guys that feel like they're all going to the Hall of Fame. Get your shit together. Find a head coach that can go to war with you. Um, to me, that that is not talked about enough by all these national media pundits talking heads like, well, you had to go with an offensive guy, and I don't like this, and blah, blah, blah. As Michael Bidwell put it, and I don't agree with everything he says, but I'll agree with this. You draft for your division, and you hire for your division. This is not the AFC South, when you can you can kind of dick around and, and back your way into the playoffs. This is mm -hmm. not the NFC South. Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and Pete Carroll – Rotate every year going to the playoffs, NFC title games, Super Bowls, right? If you don't have somebody that's on their level or you at least are trying to get there, you're always finishing third or fourth. And we saw it last year. We were convinced Cliff Kingsbury had taken another stride. They had gone four and two in the division the year before, but they lost three straight, including the postseason game. And this year, non-competitive, 
non-competitive against Geno Smith in a rebuilding roster, non-competitive against the Niners. More Super Chats here. You guys are unbelievable. Jason Krell, $1.99. This guy's fired up. Cliff makes me <laughs> want to sleep. Cliff's answers were cool when he was winning, but the right. low-key vibes were, were just were not good vibes at the end of the day. Like, you have to have answers. And Cliff didn't have any answers at the end of the year, and it was evident. Uh, Ila Dre, I hope I'm saying that right, $4.99. Thank you so much. I love how he said the word adaptability to players' skill set and chess match on defense. Maze Sanders, Cam Thomas will do good in his system, 100%. And, you know, Isaiah Simmons, I, I still feel like they've got a decision to be made on his fifth-year option. But if you're an Isaiah Simmons stan and you want him to do well, <laughs> you you it, like you got to be excited about basically him coming out and saying, we're going to put you at your best position. Hey, guess what? That's not slot corner, Vance Joseph. Right. Let the guy roam and eat at the middle of the field. But – if I if I'm Buda Baker, if I'm any of these defenders, hell yeah, Mr. Let's Kevin go! Durant, if you're in the background, I'm Bye excited. Bye, about, <laughs> I'm excited about this edition. I'm excited He's about Salt Spike VJ. Yeah, little different press conferences, Kevin Durant and uh, it was John a little Cannon, different. It was a little out. different. Yeah. There were three thousand people there, and I mean, they were throwing T-shirts and stuff like that. They weren't throwing T-shirts. They didn't do that, at, Gannons. No, there wasn't. There wasn't any T-shirt throwing at the at the Cardinals. John Gannon, John Jonathan Gannon press conference. I mean, yeah, you. That was probably when I asked him about Isaiah Simmons, and and he he didn't kind of say, "Hey, we're gonna have a defined role for him." I kind of that was the one thing I was concerned about. Well, it's can, like, well, can I say safety? Something? You got Buddha. You got you got Jalen Thompson, and and what's the what's the position for? for Isaiah Simmons but if he if he can tell Isaiah what he needs to do on a down to down basis I'm fine with that uh, you know if if he if he can just be in a position where he can be out there on the field and react and we know that Jonathan Gannon's system isn't like overwhelming it's not something that schematically is going to overwhelm you uh he should be in a good spot to be more successful than the previous regime I'm on an island with this I would I, it's not like I would do it but I feel like Tennessee Monty Austin Ford Roots, Philadelphia Eagles, Jonathan Gannon, Roots, they don't prioritize early round linebackers, which means they're probably not going to pay early round linebackers. I think they pick up his fifth year, though. I, I don't think I think I, I think Isaiah Simmons could could be moved. That's just me. I'm not I have no I don't have that source or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Zaven Collins is your prototypical linebacker. He's cheap, he's productive. Isaiah is also productive. You go look at Isaiah Simmons stat sheet, it's it's money. But TJ Edwards, his captain on defense, is a free agent right now. They could go sign him in March. He's 27 to lead the defense. Then they, got, they were they four they, defensive they, linemen. Hang on, got, hang on, hang on, hang on. Then they're working out linebackers already ahead of the, the draft here. Day three guys, which is on par with what Tennessee and Philadelphia would do. Mid to late yeah. round linebackers. It's expen- It's an expensive position when you don't value it. So I'm just yeah. saying it's 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 worth watching, and it doesn't help to Bo's point. Like he doesn't have a position. If they didn't love Simmons pre-draft, we know Kime did. Remember during the pandemic, he had his laptop on like some Tupperware, and he's like, "Fuck yeah, we got Isaiah Simmons." <laughs> and then they butchered his development. If they were not one of those people in in the Isaiah Simmons camp, we're gonna know pretty quickly here. Look, he, he seemed like he can't he, play. He seemed like he got excited about Isaiah Simmons' skill set, but he also just like the previous regime didn't have. It's a single clue of how to That's really his say part. what's his role. Oh, he's a star linebacker. We made up a different position for him. You know, he nope. could put the back that. end. He's gone. Play. He's been fired. Huh? The guy I, who made up the star linebacker job. Yeah, I know. I know he's gone, but he's also a, he's a talented athlete. And I think coaches, any, any coach, just like 
Gannon views Kyler Murray. He's going to view Isaiah Simmons on that side of the football. If he's worth a lick as a head coach, he can be a guy to harness Isaiah Simmons and put him in the right position to be successful. The Chicago Bears, who were not paying Justin Fields. Cardinals are paying Kyler Murray, obviously. Chicago Bears, who aren't paying Justin Fields. They're in a similar spot that as Arizona. They're picking two picks apart. Said, uh, you're too expensive for us, Roquan, and, and traded him away. And Roquan had accomplished more than Isaiah Simmons because the new regime didn't fa- value that. So I'm sure. just saying, let's just let's right. just prepare ourselves for the whatever could happen. They could come out and say, make Isaiah Simmons a team captain tomorrow and give him a fifth-year option, and I'll be excited about that. But that right. that's a position like running back, you know, that a lot of people just may have difference of opinions in. I'm just yeah. saying. No, it's it's exciting to think about. As you mentioned, I mean, we, we have the reports that, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to be seeking a contract worth over $45 million per season. Yeah. Uh, and they've got a lot of, of key players, especially on that defensive side of the football, as you oh, mentioned, man. inside linebacker and Edwards, a guy who had over 160 tackles, an undrafted free agent that Gannon and uh, Rollis were able to develop there over the last two seasons. He had 10 tackles for a loss this season. Uh, and then you've got four guys on that defensive line that are free agents. Like, w- I think it's inevitable we see a couple guys come from that talented defense in Philadelphia here to play for Gannon in Arizona. But, uh, man, uh, it, it was – the the Simmons thing was near the end. I, it didn't deter me from believing that this was one of the strongest press conferences we've seen no doubt. from an Arizona Cardinals head coach. He was fantastic. You know what else is fantastic? As we get to the coordinator talk, our friends at Underdog Fantasy – Yes, I saw the Kevin Durant press conference today. Yes, God is good. I love it so much. I cannot wait to dabble on Underdog Fantasy, my favorite daily fantasy sports app, with KD hitting the higher of total points. Hello, Devin Booker. Hello, DeAndre Aiden. I'm going to do it all on draft, or excuse me, Underdog Fantasy, and you can too. It does daily fantasy sports differently. You can draft your team against five of your friends. The highest scoring squad for the night wins the cold hard cash and unlike anywhere else you can draft up to six nba players no positional limits i'm taking the starting five plus a little extra for the phoenix suns just as soon as kd comes back and if you're thinking to yourself well fantasy season's over because football is over ha that's what you think underdog fantasy's got you covered every day 365 days a year it's so easy to get started all you got to do go to underdogfantasy.com download the app sign up with promo code phnx Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Slam promo code PHNX, put in a hundy, boop, get out a hundy. And again, 25 bones, 10 bones, 50 bones, whatever you want to do. Everybody's been asking us. I say this every read because I sincerely mean it. You download Underdog Fantasy. It is unlike any other fantasy experience you've ever had. We do not talk about partners we not do not personally believe in. I use Underdog Fantasy every day because it is so much fun. It keeps me engaged on games I don't even care about. It's a great way to hang out with your buddies across the United States, the continental United States, wherever it is allowed. Dabble on Underdog Fantasy today. Promo code PHNX. You will not be sorry that you did. Speaking of products that we believe in and we love for Peaks Beer, can't get much better than that. Of course, Tempe's premier brewery, 8th Street in Tempe, right in the heart of Arizona State, right down the street from the facility. If Michael Bidwell and Monty Austin for smart, they will take Jonathan Gannon down to Four Peaks, get him a couple of their incredible beers, Kilt Lifter, their flagship. You got the Wow Wheat Joy Bus, of course, Arizona's number one wheat beer in the state. 
Can't go wrong there. You like the IPAs. They've got Raj IPA. They've got Hazy IPA. They've got anything you like. If you're a beer drinker, they'll you'll find it on tap at Four Peaks. And I was thinking about it. Jonathan Gannon coming from Philadelphia. He probably wants some beef and some cheese, right? He wants a Philly cheesesteak. Well, I'm thinking about it. Where's the best place to go get a Philly cheesesteak? Well, maybe not here in the Valley, but you can find, of course, the Italian beef beer bread at Four Peaks. It's unbelievable. It's got enough beef and cheese into you and in it for you that it will kind of it will, it will scratch that itch for you. It's delicious. Their entrees, their appetizers, their desserts, they go crazy. And so do all their beers. Follow them on social at Four Peaks Brew. Get the latest on Arizona's premier craft brewery. And remember to check out fourpeaks.com slash events for all your beer week entertainment coming your way. What's better than drinking a beer and watching a game? Nothing. I I'm can't from, think of a single thing. I'm from the Midwest. I'm south of Chicago. I grew up. I'm a foodie. Uh, Four Peaks is on par with anything you're going right. to get. East Coast, West Coast, Mid-Coast, rural heart of America, wherever. Uh, it's flipping fantastic. It's a gem of uh, Arizona, Tempe, Phoenix culture. Check it out if you haven't already. Love Four Peaks. Uh, Tom, thank you for the $1.99 super chat. Do we think Mike Zimmer could be our next defensive coordinator? Well, let's talk about it, Tom. These two schlubs would love for that to happen. We had Howard Balzer of GoPHNX.com on the show yesterday. He says it's within the realm of possibility. And uh, the coordinator talk, it's heating up. We don't know any of the defensive uh, candidates right now in terms of physical interviews that are taking place. But, Bo, we got some word now. Three candidates for the job with one clear front runner for offensive coordinator. This is from Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport, right before the show today, a name that we've been hearing about time and time again, Drew Petzing of the Cleveland Browns. The offensive uh, quarterback coach is interviewing for the OC job under Jonathan Gannon. He is considered, quote, a strong candidate. Howard Balzer's had this source since last Sunday. Our guy Benjamin Albright, friend of the program, had it last week. They were together, that meaning Petzing and Jonathan Gannon, dating back to their time under Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. He has to be considered the front runner. And if you want to know more about Drew Petzing, for all the shit that John Gannon's getting, rightfully so, from Eagle fans, go look at the Brown fans saying, no, we can't let him go. He was <laughs> instrumental in the development of Deshaun Watson. He kept the ship sturdy. Jacoby Brissett played his best football of his career under this guy. This is what I consider a rising coaching star, and he's got an interview to be the next offensive coordinator, pairing him indefinitely, hopefully, with Kyler Murray, Bo. Yeah, he's he's certainly a rising star and a name that's been around. And then we saw two new names added to this. It's a trio of young and up-and-coming coordinators uh, that are going to reportedly interview for the offensive spot, offensive coordinator spot for the Cardinals. Also add to that, a native kid, a local kid, Drew Terrell, went to mm. Hamilton High School, starred there, won two championships for the Huskies out there in Chandler, nice. and uh, went on to star at Stanford. And now he's the wide receivers coach for the Washington Commanders. Sure, the quarterback play there sucked, but the wide receivers – Pretty solid room, right? Scary Terry McLaurin. You've got uh, you had the rookie and Jahan Dotson, who was pretty solid in his first year out of Penn State. Cam Sims. You had you know uh, Curtis Samuel, a pretty solid group there that was coached by Terrell, who's their best uh, their best unit outside yeah, of defensive no line. About it. Fantastic. Yeah, and then you've got Saints running backs coach Joel Thomas. Uh, I mean, if that tells you about what maybe Jonathan Gannon's going to want to do offensively, he's interviewing a running backs coach who, since uh, Joel Thomas arrived in the Big Easy, 
In 2015, the Saints have led the NFL with 136 rushing touchdowns. So he has coached up and some impre- pretty impressive running backs, you know, from Mark Ingram, obviously, to Alvin Kamara. Uh, pretty easy group, I'm sure, to coach, but he's done it at a high level in just a few short seasons. So some impressive young rising stars in the NFL coming to interview for the Arizona Cardinals offensive coordinator spot. Let's get to some of these super chats because they're coming in fast and furious. Jason, our guy, $1.99. Did y'all watch the KD press conference? Of course we did. Full coverage of that. PHNX Suns, a tremendous job by the GM Saul Bookman, Espo, uh, Gerald, Lindsay, fantastic uh, social media uh, director. Kayla Perkins, who was there with me at the press conference earlier. She's fantastic. She's doing a hell of a job. Uh, So, yes, Jason, we did. We're very fortunate. Uh, GGT, five bucks. Still think there's a chance Mike Kafka joins the Cardinals? Probably not. Uh, because he, it'd be a lateral move. He's already an OC. I think the next job, if he keeps doing well, is, is an, a head coach for Mike. Uh, it just wasn't the right time here in Arizona. Soul Pancakes, $2. Thank you, Bo, for the Isaiah question. Bo's the man. Press conferences, he's going to ask it. Now, we did talk yesterday. We knew that Bo wasn't going to ask the uniform question. <laughs> Bo and I will be in Indy for the Combine in two weeks with presumably Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin for it. You bet your ass we're going to ask about new uniforms. Perfect time to roll right. out new uniforms, new GM, new head coach, new assistant GM, new players, new vibes, new attitude, new unis. You absolutely love to see it. So it's interesting because we had Howard on yesterday. He thinks the coordinator jobs are going to get filled quickly. I agree when you talk about Indy coming up here. And, you know, we should kind of point out the elephant in the room. Howard made some comments on Twitter saying that he felt these latter two interviews were to, you know, I don't know how to put this, uh, succeed the Rooney rule, which again, like is not the way it should happen. When mm-hmm. you've got Drew Petzing's name out in the media ahead of time, just like the head coach, you have to interview a minority candidate externally. Maybe these guys come in and blow them away. Maybe they, right. they sidestep Drew Petzing. We don't know. Maybe they come here as a positional coach. We don't know that either. So again, a lot to be determined. These, these coordinator position interviews are a lot like head coaches. You could just be feeling people out. But it does feel like, Bo, Drew Petzing will be the next offensive coordinator, barring something unforeseen for the Arizona Cardinals, which means, I mean, Jacoby Brissett, he's a free agent. Kyler Murray mm-hmm. may not be ready to start the season. Does that? Am I connecting too many dots? Does that make too much sense for you? No, it, it does. I mean, it's, as far as these guys, they can't come over. Usually their team will kind of shut down any lateral move. So if they said, hey, we want to talk to Drew Terrell about our wide receiver coach spot because maybe Sean Jefferson doesn't want to stick around or, you know, vice versa. Uh, But we want to talk to Terrell for our OC position. Right. You want to talk to him about your offensive coordinator position. And maybe if, if he's not a fit there while we have him in the building, they can have a conversation. Would you be open to potentially coming here in, in a different role? Uh, same thing goes for, for the, the kid from New Orleans, Joel Thomas, who's had so much success there. He's been there for a couple of years, hasn't wrote through the ranks necessarily to become the OC there. You know, why why not say, hey, you, you've hit a ceiling there. Why not come over here? You know, we got a rising star as a head coach. Uh, the offensive coordinator is the guy that's coming over from a position coach, getting uh, promoted pretty much, getting getting a better job. The same thing could potentially happen for you here. So I I think it's just smart. You talk to people who are successful in their in their respective field, and you get more ideas about you know how to build those groups, and you get more specific with it. You've got a you've got a quarterbacks coach coming in and petsing. You got a wide receiver coach and Thomas coming over, and you got a running back coach and and uh, 
and and Joel, oh sorry, Joel Thomas was the running back coach, and and Terrell is is your wide receivers coach. So you're 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 covering most of your positions on the offensive side of the football outside of offensive line and tight end. So I like it. I think that you just kind of get a good pulse of what's going on around the league and, and get some good ideas and, and new concepts. I feel like there's a sense of urgency to build the staff quickly, but especially on the offensive side. You want to get those people in place to be able to help because Gannon's got a defensive background. You figure he will be able to supplement to some degree. And, of course, like, are we going to see him start to cherry-pick coordinator opportunities, assistance for position coach opportunities from Philadelphia staff? I mean, that carcass of the Philadelphia staff losing <laughs> both coordinators for the first time since the Bengals in 2013, I mean, that's going to be tough for them. Speaking of 2013, it was that Cincinnati staff that lost Mike Zimmer to become the new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and that's the name, of course, everybody wants to continue to talk about. And it, to me, it's just like, if you feel like you've got Mike Zimmer in your back pocket, you can afford to slow play this. Mike Zimmer, who was with Deion Sanders this past year, could potentially be joining him at Colorado. We don't know that definitively. But it does feel like all of these other openings for D.C. now getting filled internally, externally, not named Mike Zimmer. I mean, I would be shocked if there's not an open invitation either to coordinate the defense or senior defensive analyst or assistant head coach was not given to Mike Zimmer and said, come when you're ready. Come if you want to coach here. There's a job for you. There's a position for you. Jonathan Gannon likely owes most of his coaching career to Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer tragically, of course, lost his wife, I think, to leukemia several years back. I know it was cancer. And then, of course, lost his son in 2022. I mean, it's been a very difficult couple of years for Mike Zimmer. High character guy, though. Tremendous defensive mind. And I just I feel like it would be the perfect marriage. Everybody who's throwing darts at Jonathan Gannon saying he's not ready to an experience, blah, blah, blah. This would be the ultimate F you to those people because he's like, okay, now I can be the CEO because my defensive philosophy, it's embedded in Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer is going to come here and run my defense and I can oversee the entire roster. I can spend more time with Kyler Murray. I can spend more time with whomever's running the offense. It just, to me, it would alleviate a lot of concerns that I know a lot of the critics still have about Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, I mean, it's two of the things that he kind of, the the buzzwords that he wants to use for this organization, it's adaptable and smart. Well, in the middle yeah. of that, you've got violent and explosive. So, no, it would be it would be great. And it would be for a first-time head coach who's relatively young, still for this league, just turning 40, uh, that you've got somebody with some some experience. I mean, there's not a whole lot of people out there that are available with that much experience. I mean, and we, we also see that, you know, teams that are have remaining openings now are, are scraping the bottom of the barrel. So for somebody right. to come along like Zimmer, who's been bandied about with, you know, becoming part of primes coach primes coaching staff in Colorado and, you know, Sean Payton name dropping him, He's obviously a very hot commodity still and very yeah. well respected around the NFL. It would be a huge win for, for John Gannon. If it's somebody that, that he can get, but is he just become is, is Zimmer just another name that uh, another regime, new regime is throwing around to kind of give themselves some clout? I wouldn't be surprised if that's also a possibility. Well, you just you want you want to go work where your friends are and where you have relationships, and it just it, it, to me it makes too much sense if if Mike does want to come back in the NFL, he he may be a head coach again, he may not be, but he's taken some time off. I don't know. It just to me it feels like it makes too much sense not to happen if there's mutual interest there. And why wouldn't there be? If you're John Gannon and you're presenting your, your staff to Monty Austin Ford ahead of time and you leak it and you say, hey, I, I think I can get Mike Zimmer to coordinate the Cardinal defense. You don't think Michael Bidwell's perking up? Cardinals took plenty of licks from that defense led by Anthony Barr, Everson Griffin once upon a time. 
So uh, that that would interest me. I'm also interested, by the way, in this 499 super chat from our guy Tom with Gannon and potentially OC being rookies in their roles. It's pounds, would by I the make way. pounds? I'm sorry. Yes, correct. Would I make more sense to have a veteran DC odd dynamic with Gannon, Gannon managing his old head coach? It, these guys, it's it's rota- Vance Joseph could go back and be the DC of the place where they fired him as the head coach. It's the NFL. It's all cyclical. And mm-hmm. again, like I don't think. Gannon's necessarily barking orders at Mike Zimmer. I think there's a mutual respect there. Very similar to, you know, once upon a time, Arians had Tom Moore on his staff yeah. with, with Carson Palmer and company. You think he was yelling at Tom Moore? No, Tom Moore was around to give it gu- advice and guidance. So there could conceivably be a scenario where you get that young linebackers coach from Philly to come be your coordinator, and Zimmer's here as a, as a head defensive assistant, you know, assistant head coach. I mean, right. there are plenty of titles that you could come up for with for him, but Gannon's pushing all of his chips in the table. Wouldn't you, if you get potentially one shot, two max to be a head coach in the NFL, and you go all in, and you got people in your ear saying, I don't know about Kyler Murray, I don't know about the Bidwells, wouldn't you want to say, like, shit, I got to get the best staff possible to help right. me win games? Because that's how I shut these people up, how I quiet this narrative. Uh, if I'm worried about ego, like... Does that you look at John Gannon and Monty Osford? You think they give two shits about ego? They're like, give me the best people in here to help us win games. We're trying to go to war. We're trying to beat Kyle Shanahan, and we need the best people to do that. And so I, I think they're they're open minded. There's no egos here, right? And, and both of them said it in their respective introductory press conference that this is not going to be an organization where anybody's going to have an ego. They're not going to. It's going to be short lived for anybody that does. So you know, I, I think that. When you look at this team and, and you hear a guy like Gannon talk about his experience working for Nick Sirianni, who came over as the OC, right? He was the offensive coordinator from the Indianapolis Colts, but he became the CEO. He became the master delegator. And I think Jonathan Gannon wants to have a similar role. Sure, he's got a defensive background, but he wants to put people in the right position on his across his coaching staff, regardless of their uh, th- their experience. He wants yeah. to put guys and empower them to do their job correctly and also collaborate with coaches on the staff. Like Jonathan Gannon said, he wanted to help Kyler Murray with how defenses are going to attack him and, and kind of play from that role. So it's it's going to be an ultimate collaboration from top to bottom as far as that staff goes. So if you're mixing a young up-and-coming coordinator, for, former position coach, first-year guy like Drew Petsking or, or Drew Terrell or Joe T- yeah. Joel Thomas – uh, and and you on the other side of the football, you've got Nick Rollis coming over as a linebackers coach, but you have somebody like Mike Zimmer who has all the experience that he has, twenty plus years as a defensive coordinator, NFL head coach. I mean, that's that's priceless. Having that ability to kind of workshop ideas and game plans and scheme through guys like Zimmer. There's also talk. I mean, we haven't talked about this because I think there's only been one or two reports. One of which came kind of offhand by our guy Benjamin Albright. Mike Munchak, former head coach of the Tennessee yeah. Titans, has relationships with John Gannon. How would you like Drew Petsing to coordinate your offense and Mike Munchak is coaching your offensive line? That has been floated out there, which would be flipping fantastic. Could you imagine Munchak and Zimmer and Petsing and Gannon as your top four guys running this team? I mean, you talk about the infrastructure and the power changing in the NFC West, especially from a coaching pers- position. Uh, they want experience. And this is not Cliff Kingsbury's staff where he's trying to make relationships on the fly. He literally went from the Big 12 to the NFL and said, I don't know anybody. Help me, Mm. Steve. I can coordinate the offense. I love Kyler Murray. I can make Kyler Murray go. 
Can you fill the rest of this out for right. me? And it's like Jonathan Gannon says the opposite. I've been in the NFL. I was on Bobby Petrino's staff in 2007. I was a quality <laughs> control guy defensively for Mike Zimmer. He's been in the NFL since then. He's yeah. got three years scouting experience. I mean, it's, I get there's some people who don't love the hire, but for anybody that can say he's not going to be able to put together a competent staff, this is this is exactly what Bo has always preached. And you do a great job pointing this out because I don't think a lot of people point this out. Relationships are more than just coaching. It's free agents. The Cardinals, the time time signings went down the toilet when Bruce Arians left. Well, why was that? Because majority of those guys knew Bruce and knew how Bruce rolled and could fuck with Todd Bowles. Right. But those guys leave the building and it's like Steve Kime comes knocking at your door. I don't know you. Get out of here. Right, right. now, it's like you, you've rejuvenated that with Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon, where you can say, exactly, bingo. These guys, they, I, I get it. I know how they run their operation. It's first class. They're going to put me in the best position to succeed. I can move my family here. Those days are back. The Austin Ford, Gannon, Kime time signings, those are a new thing. We're going to have to come up with a catchy new phrase. But coaching, free agents, for actual NFL free agents, I think it's a destination again for right. that very reason. I mean, you got people that followed Gannon from Indy to Philly, right? And and people who are going to fo probably follow him from Philly to Arizona. And and you've yeah. got people that are going to litter his his coaching staff that that had players in those respective locker rooms that loved being coached individually by their position coach who are now coordinators for Jonathan Gannon. I mean, it's, and, and you're exactly right. It was like Cliff came and said, I'm going to handle the offense. Uh, I don't have really any relationships to any players outside of Antoine Wesley who played for me at Texas tech and guys that I recruited that said, thanks, mm -hmm. but no thanks. I'm going to go play bigger boy football at Texas and the, in the, the, the bigger powers and the power five. Uh, it was, it was how Cliff was hired that turned some coaches off and it was, and by not having respected coaches, it turned players off. Right. You didn't. And then you didn't see any on the other side of the football where Cliff didn't have any kind of say as far as the defense, there wasn't anybody that wanted to come play from Vance Joseph, who was just jettisoned as the head coach where he went 11, 20 in Denver. Like we never saw really any players come from his tenure in Denver to never. play for him in Arizona. It just never happened. It's like, no. we, we would connect the dots like every off season but it just never happened. And like those days, I'm glad that they're closing the door on that. And that with, with VJ finally, we're, we're, as we reported earlier via Josina Anderson, he's done with this organization. Now you've got, you've got coaches coming in the building that has deep, have deep ties to these players and can relate to them and have experience coaching these guys up and them having good days in the NFL under these coach, this coaching staff. It's exciting. And same thing goes for Monty Austin Fort and Dave Sears, who I was fortunate enough to meet for the first time today, the assistant general manager, who per Kyle Odegaard is a rock star in that building. So not yeah. only do you have 20 plus years at the GM spot, you got 20 plus years at the assistant GM spot. And now you've got John Gannon. Sure, this is his first crack at head coaching. He's been 15 years in the league. Thanks to, as you said, Bobby Petrino kind of getting him into the league uh, way back when. Mike Kliss uh, does a great job covering the Denver Broncos, um, saying that Vance Joseph is going to interview for the D.C. job in Denver tomorrow. Uh, so that's happened very quickly. And for those of you asking, because I've been asked this, no, the Cardinals don't get a third-round comp pick because they fire Vance Joseph and he takes the D.C. <laughs> job elsewhere. It's not really how it works. you got to be promoted to either head coach or GM. Jason Krell in the chat. Uh, $1.99. Thank you so much, Jason. Do we trade D-Hop? What free agents we get thoughts? Let's talk about D-Hop and that contract news that we got this morning. But first, 
Um, I think the best burritos I've ever had are from Burrito Express. I'm saying mm -hmm. that objectively. You can get a lot of breakfast burritos. You can get them at the gas station. You can get a microwavable. You can get gourmet ones. The best burrito I have had that contains bacon, egg, and cheese with their dipping sauce is from Burrito Express. I flip and love it. I do not love that I live in Maricopa, and when they deliver free burritos to the office, I don't get them, but I'm okay with that. I'll go pay my hard-earned money to, to, to dine at Burrito Express, and, and you should too. You buy a $25 Burrito Express gift card, you get a free burrito today. Head on over. Again, talk about Four Peaks being a staple of the Valley, Burrito Express. We love our friends at Burrito Express. We love those burritos. The breakfast ones. I remember when we moved out of our old studio into our swanky new studio, we were all tired. It's about midday. Bo wasn't there. He wasn't helping out. And then they just delivered like five dozen of these breakfast burritos. And we're all enjoying them, and we're having a great time. And then Bo got one for free, and he didn't lift anything. But we had a great right. time. Burrito Express. <laughs> That's right. Burrito Express, get yours now. I'm going to get – we're heading to Disneyland right after the show's over. I might stop over at Burrito Express. I was at club training camp for the Arizona Cardinals. You were. 2022. You had a mimosa at country club <laughs> training camp. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury had some some waiters just with a, with a tray of mimosas, and I, I was just – enjoying the air conditioning as I was watching players tear their calf muscles, uh, barely moving a finger at, at club training camp. But uh, one thing is also great, not only about Arizona in having Burrito Express, is also having OG's Brands, Arizona's original cannabis kitchen. Check them out, ogsbrands.com. You can check out all their incredible products that you can find in your local dispensaries, all their gummies. They got something for every occasion. Look, you got their tropical flavors. You got their different ratioed gummies, something that can kind of be tailored to what you're looking for from your cannabis experience. But the delicious flavors, you can't go wrong with orange creamsicle. You got blackberries and cream. You've got the new flavor from OG's Brands. How about strawberries and cream? That's what they call their happy balance gummy, and they're live and on the shelves at your local dispensary. you got to check them out for yourselves. You can find more information on them, ogsbrands.com. you got to be 21 years or older. Also, if you're looking for something maybe to help you out in the sleep department, help put you to sleep and keep you to sleep, they got their sleep time gummy as well. It's aqua berry, so it's delicious and effective. OGs, check them out on your socials as well, at OGs Brands. So Pancakes, our guy, front of the program, $2 Super Chat. Wait, Vance Joseph is out? Tell me I'm not dreaming. Wake up because it's a reality. Vance Joseph out as the defensive coordinator. He will not be on the staff with Gannon in any capacity. There was some thought maybe he'd stick around DB coach. No, no, no. Top to bottom, the coaching staff, at least right now, will have a new offensive and defensive coordinator. We will see about Jeff Rogers and the rest of the position coaches that are lingering around. And, you know, now that we have the head coach and we got the GM, we're going to get the coordinators. But one of the biggest kind of points of contention this offseason will be what does the future hold for our guy DeAndre Hopkins, Bo? We both feel like they're going to trade him because it came directly from our guy Jordan Schultz, Bo. Mm -hmm. But then we got a new piece of information this morning that makes, I would guess, trading him a little bit more manageable. Right, yeah. I mean, we've talked about how it would be mutually beneficial for both sides, right? Where you've got DeAndre Hopkins, who's going into his year 31 season, right? Age 31 season, where that's a little long in a tooth as far as NFL receivers go. Obviously playing at a, at a high level still after he came back from the suspension. But due to that suspension, according to a former NFL agent, now CBS NFL analyst, Joel Corey, that due to that suspension for DeAndre Hopkins, it takes away his no-trade clause. It, it wow. voids his his trade clause, I guess. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Corey said, had the same clause in his contract. It was just built that way. 
Uh, you'll see it with players who on their initial uh, rookie contracts, like Leonard Fournette, he, when he was suspended uh, after he got kicked out of a game uh, for the Jaguars, it voided the guarantees in his contract. So I'd, hmm. I'd have to look deeper into it with Joel as far as what it means as far as the guarantees left for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins because he's got a pretty hefty uh, cap charge on him as far if you release him or if you trade him. But as far as that no trade clause, still you want to work and collaborate with DeAndre Hopkins and sending him in a place that he wants to go. Um, but, you know, as far as D-Hop goes, it, it does kind of remove a hurdle for the Cardinals if is if they find a, a good trade partner that's willing to part with some decent draft capital for D-Hop. I put to bed the notion that he would not be a New England Patriot based on the presence of Bill O'Brien. I'm saying that that is back now on life support. I think if if... if Bill Belichick is convinced that he can he can make it work with the two of them, and he calls up the Cardinals and says, "Hey guys, I'll give you our our second round pick and some change." That's a conversation that needs to happen. And with all due respect to DeAndre, like if the Cardinals are dead set on training him, assuming the price is right, we got to be open for everything. And DeAndre, we love DeAndre, but he's missed games each of the last two seasons. We all felt it was garbage. He got suspended, but he had been hurt. He missed games at the end of this year. Who knows if that was them holding him out in preparation for a trade. But, I mean, I, I think this this makes things easier for the Cardinals and Monty Austin for it. I would imagine that these are going to be conversations that they continue to have ahead of free agency. Do yourself a favor. If you haven't already, go look at the free agent class of wide receivers. Hint, it's flipping terrible. Especially if T. Higgins gets franchise tagged by the Cincinnati Bengals, he sticks around. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the bell of the ball. So while I don't think they're going to get a first-round pick for him, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility now. I think that had DeAndre Hopkins been able to dictate his terms on division and quarterback and, and this, that, and the other, that's one thing. But Diop wants to get paid. He wants to get his money. And you would assume any team that's going to invest a premium pick on him would, would like to keep him around, would like to give him more guaranteed money. So I, I think this makes the chances of DeAndre Hopkins trade if it was at 90%, I think it's gone up to 95. I, I think the Cardinals now hold a lot of cards, no pun intended, and are going to be in a position to get a premium. I, I think this is the right time to deal DeAndre Hopkins. Again, do not give him away for free. Do not do the egregious mistake that the, that the Dallas Cowboys did for a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper, which they're still paying for to this day. But if you feel like you can kickstart this rebuild and mm -hmm. you can get premium assets back, for a player that, yes, one of your top two to three players on the team, but is aging and is expensive, you got to do it. I, right. I think this this helps the Cardinals immensely. And you're in a position to, you know, kind of remove the ugly side of this business, right? To yeah. Where you're not just going to kick a, uh, a player out and and just sign, just trade him to the highest bidder. I think that the Arizona Cardinals will try to find something that works out for both sides. But at the end of the day, if it comes down to they can get a higher pick and you know D Hop would say if he had the the no trade clause no thanks and and kind of kind of use that card he doesn't have that ability any longer so i think that that's 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 a big win for the Arizona Cardinals but hopefully you know they don't they don't burn any bridges but at right. the end of the day it's it's a business and the Arizona Cardinals are in a full, they hit the full reset but they're moving forward right Kyler Murray seems to be the only piece that that they're tied into at the moment Gannon likes him and the new coaching staff likes him and in the front office likes him. But as far as, you know, who they're tied to the other 52 guys on this roster, there really aren't. I mean, maybe outside of Buda Baker, there's just nobody that you can comfortably say, Hey, I can see them sticking around for a long time. 
It's the same conversation. It's in the same categories I have with Isaiah Simmons. It's like, would you like Isaiah Simmons and DeAndre Hopkins a part of your team? Of course you would. But the money becomes difficult when you're paying Kyler Murray 45 to $50 million a year and you want to draft your own players. If you're Jonathan Gannon, maybe you want to bring Javon Hardgraves here and TJ Edwards and James Bradbury. Maybe you want your guys to come here to help you expedite the onboarding of your defensive schemes. So I just, it, it, it it's a bad timing. It's bad timing unless it's good timing for Hopkins to say, let's have a mutual parting of ways. I love my time here in Arizona. But the Cardinals right now have the second worst Super Bowl odds. Now, we feel like yeah. they're going to be competitive next year. You push all the right buttons. That was Seattle last year. That was the Giants last year. But you have to be smart. This has got to be sustainable. I think keeping DeAndre Hopkins would send a message, assuming that you weren't getting you know a bunch of offers you know, and and you just had to keep him to keep him. Right. But if you were turning down second round picks to go into next year, to go into next year, presumably without Kyler Murray at the start of the season, that's too much of what Kime has done. Right. All in with Zach Ertz, all in with James Conner, all in with AJ Green, older players. You did not build a foundation of sustained success. I love D Hop. He's over 30 years old. He's been injured and he makes he's the highest cap on the team of $30 million. And it's right. only going up. And right. he and so to me it just can you pivot and get a second round pick and some change and draft the next starting wide receiver, draft the next three technique on your defensive line, draft the center that has eluded this team for, I don't know, 10 plus years. So these are conversations that I would imagine that they're having, but it's been made easier. The Cardinals have probably known this bowl for some time though. Yeah, I, th I think, yeah, for sure. You would hope that they did, that they had somebody that a, a former agent was able to pick up on that. There's people within that building that, that knew the rules as far as what what's guaranteed and what voids if you get suspended or other things that can come into play with your contract. Yeah, there's there's enough people in the front office that are keeping tabs on all of that stuff. Uh, it would be a tremendous oversight. But something that you could find that be mutually beneficial for both sides would be perfect. You don't want to create, you know, in his first off season, your GM to get a perception like Steve Kime had at the end of it, where he's doing players dirty, but. You know, it's a business and the Arizona Cardinals are in the business of rebuilding. And not only, you know, could you get some draft capital in return, but you would also it's it's yeah, he's got a 30 million dollar cap hit and there's some dead money tied to it. But you would also generate even more cap on top of some of the stuff you talked about yesterday. Some easy ones. A bunny would be getting rid of Robbie Anderson. Boom. There's 12 million dollars yeah. in cap space. You could free up, you know, 10 to 19 million dollars, depending on when you trade DeAndre Hopkins towards your cap. Uh, and you're already a team that's what top 10 as far as cap space goes right now. It's not a ton, but you, you get rid of Anderson. There's $24 million total in cap. You get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, you get upwards of 30 million, $35 million in cap. And you've got, you know, your new general manager who's got ideas of who he likes to rebuild this roster with. You like the, I mean, you're cooking with gas. The same article stated that the Cardinals received a good amount of calls at the trade deadline last year for the availability yeah. of DeAndre Hopkins. Do not make the same mistake, Cardinals, if the price is right, that you did when Patrick Peterson presumably was getting offers of a first-round pick when you were about to kickstart your rebuild under Cliff Kingsbury. That was foolish. So don't make the same mistake twice. Kenny Wilson not making a mistake. Two-hour Super Chat. Thank you so much. Michael Wilson in four had a good senior bowl. That's interesting. Yeah, Bo, you were at the Senior Bowl. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a, some a lot of mid right like mid round picks that around that you would really like. I mean, the guy that was that was uh, tied to the Arizona Cardinals, one of the first 
you know, prospects we've seen tied to Monty Osenfort. And ironically enough, it was the position that Steve Kime was infamous for drafting too many times as far as the linebacker position. But the kid at a TCU, um, you know, I know people are like, hell no, don't you be drafting a, a, a linebacker again. But this is like a mid-round pick. And you could definitely see that the Arizona Cardinals could start to rebuild both sides of the football with with some some decent picks that now we can maybe put some hope into, right? That yeah. that the right decision makers are finding those lottery tickets that are gonna cash uh for for the team instead of like just this prayer that this small school guy out of you know, you know was it Panera State that uh that you never heard of the undersized wide receiver that he's yeah. gonna cash in. No, I mean I think Monty Austinfort and Dave Sears will have a better plan as far as identifying talent in, in later rounds and guys in the senior bowl that, that flash like Wilson or like, uh, or, or guys that like we like on the offensive line, you could absolutely kind of f- see them finding their way onto the Arizona Cardinals roster. I think part of their plan should be to go to gophnx.com and be mm. kind of a diehard and read the workings of uh, our guy, Howard Balzer, slam that promo code H O W A R D. We're going to have continued coverage of the coaching search that comes with this franchise. Now coordinators, we're talking uh, post-senior bowl combine. Uh, I think Monty Austin Ford would enjoy becoming a diehard. 20% off all PHNX yeah. gear, uh, exclusive member Discord, right? Uh, money off on a lot of our events. By the way, our uh, son's takeover event at the arena sold out. Sold out. So mm. this, this is a hot ticket in town. Old Kevin Durant. Uh, we've got a draft party coming up in April. It will be the talk of the town. You want to get in line, come hang out with us at gophnx.com. Become a diehard. You will not be sorry that you did. What a week, Bo Brock. What a week. What a time to be alive as an Arizona Cardinal fan. Does feel like a new day with this franchise, does it not? Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. There should be optimism with who they've decided to move forward with in the front office. And as far as their new head coach, we will have the latest as far as breaking news on any coordinator hirings, but for Johnny Venerable, he, uh, let's say some prayers for Johnny Venerable. He's taking the family to the happiest place on earth for his kids. Not the parent. I would think in this situation, you're going to Disney world, no Disneyland, right? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be funny wow. to go to Disney world all the way in Arizona, but yes, <laughs> we're driving a van to Disneyland once the show is over, but, uh, it's been a, we've had a blast. Uh, I'll be back next week. Bo's going to hold down the fort in the show. Uh, the showtime in the short term. Uh, but yeah, man, the Cardinals just sneaking in the head coaching announcement right before our, our trip to, to Disneyland. Thanks, Cardinals. I thought I was prepping for this maybe late January, early February, but they're like, no, no, no. We're going to do it right up against the, the button where my family is literally packing the van as we speak. And I just, uh, I get to hang out with all my friends here at PHNX Cardinals. It's fantastic. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Find your head coach on, on Valentine's Day. Accepting really that rose from Michael Bidwell. He got his guy, and it's Jonathan Gannon, and we think he's got a good one. We'll rank these head coaching hires. There were five of them in the next couple of days, but, we'll, of course, we'll, we'll keep tabs on the coordinators, and we'll have the latest on DeAndre Hopkins. Make sure you're following us on all our socials at PHNX underscore Cardinals, at PHNX underscore Sports. From takeaways from Cards press conference with Jonathan Gannon to Kevin Durant's press conference with the Suns and even more. Got all the stuff you want as a Valley sports fan. Keep it locked and subscribe to PHNX Sports. Guys, have a great rest of your Thursday. We will talk to you manana on Friday with another edition of PHNX Cardinals.